0: Welcome to a new episode of the Terranet podcast. And this time we dive into a couple of merging trends or emerging, um, maybe not so much as they are totally dominating in terms of how we transport ourselves, especially around the cities. And it's the ride sharing market will tap into the electric revolution as well. Uh, that's been dominating the vehicle industry for, for the last few years and more so in, in the future. My name is Michaela Berglund, and uh, I'm the CMO of TerraNet. And I'm really excited about today's guest, Fredrik Elsäter. You are the CEO of El Bilio. You'll learn more about that company throughout this conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Fredrik. Thank you, Michaela. Felix you and me we met i think it was the first time we were both going to do a speech and it was uh, for coop wasn't it correct uh, and yeah we we hit it off so to say and uh, have been in contact since you've had quite a journey you established the drive now business in sweden which was the the car sharing apart from BMW and 6 correct and now you've picked up a new role you've been you've been working as a management consultant especially in this space i can imagine but then you've recently started a new role as the ceo of elbilio can you tell me a little bit about uh, your background and how come you thought elbilio was an exciting venture
1: Absolutely, Michaela. It's correct. But by my friends, I'm really seen as the car guy. I've been with BMW for more than 13 years. So, BMW Sweden with sales marketing product and also general manager for the BMW Baltics region. And I really love the car industry and the brand uh, in focus. But then I got the chance to start, as you said, drive now, the BMW and sixth owned car sharing. So that made me leave the car business, but stay in mobility. So that's really where my heart pounds right now. I started from scratch in Sweden, even though Drive Now was established in a couple of other markets already made it for three years until BMW decided to close down a few cities, unfortunate, but maybe we'll come into that of the financial hurdles of starting this kind of business. That gave me the possibility to step into Elbilio, a small startup locally here in Sweden for uh, car sharing or rather vehicle sharing with uh, cargo bikes, scooters, etc. But all of them uh, 100% electric. So I thought I could have much to give and uh, evolve the business. And now I have recently moved into the role of CEO to make us grow.
0: How do you feel about it and why do you think it's so intriguing with the electrical revolution and also uh, the, the car sharing or ride sharing market and what's going to define it onwards?
1: If we split in two, if I <laughs> go back to the car guy, just the, the automotive industry and the shift towards electric mobility and it's really the catch up effect. Many, many years ago, I mean, historically 100 years ago, uh, there were electric cars, but then the combustion engine prevailed and uh, evolved much better. Now we're coming back to the electric car, but it's been struggling for quite some time, not on the technical side, but rather on the uh, maturity of the consumer. Are they willing to, to buy? And there are, of course, three important aspects the the price of the car the range of the car and the time it takes to charge that's the three things where they meet the customer demands we have the real tipping point and we're very close to that right now and that's why we see in in sweden we had nearly 40 percent of the new car sales was electric vehicles this year but still for many consumers or buyers a uncertain market So that goes hand in hand with then the sharing industry, the car sharing. Then you might not need to take the decision on what kind of car you should buy right now, but you can utilize through the the sharing industry. So that's where I see that it can merge.
0: If you look at uh, the electrical change that's happening, that's a step towards a more sustainable future. If you can ensure that the energy that is produced is clean and if you look at Sweden i, I picked this data from your website there are over 4.6 million cars that's um, owned privately so to say and of those 100 thousands of them are actually parked 23 out of 24 hours every day
1: absolutely it's, it's starting to be widely known statistics that the 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 average car is standstill for 95 or 95 plus percent of the time but historically the the car has been the the one solution for your individual mobility to get your uh, daily needs to work and also in many countries it's been a status symbol but all this is now starting to shift again because of cost it's more and more costly to have the car and on the others side of the scale, you have more and more really feasible solutions that can uh, supply you with the mobility you need.
0: From uh, from an overall perspective, the ride-sharing market, I read that it was valued around 73 billion US dollars in 2020 and is expected to grow um, more than double, almost triple up, up until 2026. What do you think is going to make that change now for us? Uh, Actually, what's going to make us sell our car and go with a ride sharing experience?
1: The answer is twofold or rather short term and long term. As widely known, Bill Gates said that we underestimate, we overestimate the magnitude of change in short term, but we underestimate it on the long term. I'd like to add to that. My personal opinion is I am a firm believer of the, the gray in a positive sense, meaning the world will not be black or white on or off. Uh, own your car or no one owns your your own car. So there will be a gray area. Coming back to your question then, what, what will make us sell our car I think for the foreseeable future, many will own a car. The first step is all that have a second car or a car that is not used so much or needed. Now the variety of different mobility solutions will fit to more and more people. So I I, I see the shift is gradually coming, but it's also from the will of changing rather than the force by um, legislation. And bear in mind, the shift tends to be slow also because we generally own our car for three years. So it might be that you, Michaela, is almost ready to shift into a mobility solution, but you have still one, one and a half year left on your leasing of the car, and it's kind of costly for you to, to sell it or turn it back to the leasing company uh, Prior to the end of the agreement,
0: yeah, (laughs) but I was also but but in the longer term, absolutely. Yeah, and I was also thinking because the the car itself hasn't developed much over the last hundred years. It looks kind of the same, and if you look at you know our city centers, they they are occupying so much space because of the size. But if you look into the vehicle, it's like one person sitting in each and one of the cars. It's not like we travel around with a full car all the time. It's quite rare, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely true. But that's also a a nice trend uh, that I I see right now. It's the multitude of different types of vehicles. Uh, Yes, the traditional four-seated car is still dominant, but we see so many funny, strange vehicles in more and more volume. Meaning, where was the Renault uh, Twizy, the, the miniature car yeah. the one that you can see the passenger behind you? You have, of course, all the electric bikes that will increase the range and usability so you can go somewhere without ending your trip sweaty and need to take a shower. Cargo bikes might uh, make it work even for the family. M- more and more different v- vehicles. So, <laughs> and not, not to forget if you look at the kick bikes yeah. i mean it's not the substitute of a car but it's the substitute of what you used to use a car or perhaps a taxi and who would think a few years ago that we would as adults zoom around the city on those kind of silly kick bikes and now you see even uh, Businessman with the suit and tie and the uh, briefcase zooming past <laughs> you. So, me and, and, and me in
0: high heels occasionally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds kind of dangerous, yeah. but I, I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, No, it's true. And actually, um, comes back, Michela, when you said the four-seated car, the big potential of the sharing economy uh, and now mobility sharing is that old times you needed to buy a car that fitted your needs pretty much 90% at least. Meaning, even if you go to work alone every day, your own car needs to fulfill the space for the whole family when you need to go to the countryside or a ski trip once or twice a year. But mm-hmm. with the mobility solutions where you share, you can go with the Renault Twizy on a daily basis or commute by uh, uh, bus or train, and then still have the perfect car for when you need to move stuff from uh, the house to the warehouse or go on a ski trip. So that will also make room for much more of the smaller cars, I think, or smaller vehicles, because it's not only going to be cars.
0: Mm, no, that makes sense. And I, I warmly welcome that sort of trend. I think that it doesn't make sense the way it is today. Uh, But if you look at other smart city trends globally, I'm sure you've screened quite a few different Uh, options. What what do you see is going to happen in terms of transportation in the next 10 to 20 years?
1: It's partly what I just said, the the multitude of different vehicle types and that we will tend to shift towards sharing so you can pick the vehicle that suits your need right now. Uh, The other part is very obvious now during the pandemic, and that is transportation doesn't always have to mean you need to transport yourself somewhere. We have increased the home delivery uh, enormously. I mean, you, you took a Fedora delivery when you have dinner at home and haven't time to cook. But if you have time to cook, you use Ika or Mathem or uh, to deliver groceries to your home when you plan, or you can even call Vembla if you need it within the hour. And of course, the big trend of uh, like you and I now, we, we don't commute to the office to do this podcast, but we do it from our separate locations. So transportation in itself will be a different uh, view.
0: But I was thinking as well about electricity. It's limited. It's it's we struggle to actually get enough electricity to get our society to to work uh, at the moment. So, it, what do you think is going to happen there?
1: It, it's true in some sense, but I think it will be. It will be handled. Sounds easy for me because I'm not in the position to s- solve it or have the solution for it. But it's so crucial for the infrastructure to be there. So governments and businesses will come together and find the solution. And also the um, the way we use our mobility solutions will also differ. Uh, we might have to give way as person on our comfort because we used to drive a car for 800 kilometers and then drive into the gas station and fill up for five minutes and off we go again. That might not be the the way to do it. We might have to be okay with going half the way and fill up a bit and then go the rest of the way because it's not just about the total range of the cars but it's also availability of uh, charging stations and the time it will take to do the charging.
0: Yeah, Tesla, they were really early uh, understanding that establishing that infrastructure would, would buy them a lot of time compared to anyone else.
1: Absolutely. And I'm not saying that they are doing it wrong, but I don't think the Tesla way is the solution for everyone. They had the first mover advantage and made a very smart way of Uh, establishing their own infrastructure. Otherwise, it would have been more difficult for them to get the consumers. But Mm. the next step, let's say that all major electric vehicle manufacturers would start to build their separate network of charging stations. That's not feasible. So it's better to join forces and uh, make it together. Because even Mm. now, when we complain about the number of charging stations in Stockholm, for example, we want more, but even with the existing ones, they are not synchronized in payment and in apps to see where they are uh, ready and available for you to use. So the, the aggregation and cooperation is needed to increase.
0: But if we look at car sharing specifically, there there has been a few different companies, and uh, maybe not even car sharing, but the other sorts of, of transportation share sharing options. Um, but they have failed in in the expansion. Uh, how come would you say?
1: This I've answered many times uh, during my years with uh, Drive Now, and after we closed down Stockholm, of course, failed is depending on how you see on it and more than how much are you willing to invest in this new market before you reach the break-even point because with car sharing like many other businesses the crucial kpi is utilization how much are the car uh, used because that's what we're uh, shifting from the privately owned car now you should use our car So utilization is key. And until now, the maturity in the society, meaning the customers that should use the car, have not really been on the level to make break even for the big uh, players. There are some really good examples of good profitability locally, but it takes time to reach the maturity. And it's not certain that just because it works in Uh, Berlin, where we have uh, done it for five years, it will automatically be profitable in Oslo or Stockholm or uh, a smaller city. Mm. But it will over time. Mm. So why did they fail? They underestimated the time it will take to reach the break even and also underestimated uh, how local the business is still. So the good examples are still rather local.
0: But if we uh, look at success stories, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. um, I know there are some rapidly growing companies in France and in in the US. Can you pinpoint some success stories?
1: I kind of uh, make the flip side of the the answer before, but what, what is successful? Is it making profit? Yes, in the long run, absolutely. But... For the uh, current view, it might be that they are widely used and growing according to plan. And then there are quite a few that are um, uh, successful because, as I said a moment ago, it takes time to create the momentum in the market because this is a new emerging market. It's not existing. Uh, if we go into the taxi business as a new supplier, everybody knows top of mind when they should use a taxi. And then you just need to market so they remember to use you. With the car sharing, most people have kind of heard of it, but it's not top of mind how and when to use it. So it takes mm. more time. Mm. But um, good examples, you said, for example, from my time in the Baltic region, we have a company called CDB they are very local, but they were profitable already then and are uh, still going strong. They have chosen to stay within Latvia where they are, uh, might expand later on. You have uh, green mobility from Denmark. They started up in Copenhagen and are now expanding to several countries and cities within Europe. Uh, publicly traded and they have had black numbers and are doing a good uh, Uh, run for a profitable company. So uh, interesting.
0: I didn't hmm. know about them, actually. No? I looked them up. Continuing on this topic, it feels like um, huge investments has to be made still, uh, not even for car-sharing companies as such, as you described, but also for the whole new paradigm of transporting how will we get around? You know, we are even talking about autonomy. What, what trends do you do you look for in the future that you haven't seen yet? And what do you think is going to happen? It
1: is large investments needed. And since when we talk about mobility in the larger sense, the public transportation is and will continue to be the backbone of much of the mobility within the city. Because... Uh, We we are still talking about cities in big and small. Countryside might have different solutions and different hurdles. Uh, And to make this work, we need a bigger buy-in and guidance from the government. And this preferably uh, should be more aligned between the different countries. I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of regulation on EU level, but uh, cooperation and uh, more alignment would be uh, good. Because that would also be the backbone for the larger companies to grow across different countries, uh, which is difficult today. And yeah, when makes they sense. grow between different, then you have the economies of scale and uh, prices will be better for consumers and profitability better for the companies. But mm. But also interesting is, uh, a recent uh, report from McKinsey's st- talks strongly about the mobility ecosystem as the, the strength or benefit or perhaps even the need for the business to grow and become uh, profitable, meaning that the different players must see the potential and upside in collaborating right now it is the early phase of creating the market and most players tend to fight for the biggest market share and win the game but take the next step i see and mckinsey supports that we must align our forces we must put the consumer in the center consumer centric it's easy to say but a big hurdle for the large number of companies to come together
0: mm.
1: one one company that picks up on this is uh, nevs i was about to say the swedish company it's uh not swedish, Chinese. But the, the, yeah. the, the, the old Saab, uh, and and they have their solution called the mobility ecosystem called pons yes they are building the autonomous vehicle they don't want to call it the car because it could be autonomous. It can be used in many different ways. You can either have it privately or as a mini bus where you pick up different people that you don't know. But that's just the vehicle, and they take the step further of also supplying the mobility ecosystem to the city. How should you plan? I know that uh, Nobina, the bus operator in Sweden, is working with autonomous buses uh, as a test. In uh, Barbary uh, and many more.
0: But it feels like even like for for a business case, so like car sharing now, for many of us, is not even going to be a business case in ten years. Or it would be more like pods, using one pod going from one place to another. What do you think?
1: Did I understand you right, Maya? You said in in the view of the consumer, the the user, exactly. It's true, but it's also the classical issue that we tend to look at the world in our own glass, uh, through our own glasses. So it might not be the best fit for you right now or for me, Um, but it is already a good solution for enough number of people to make a business case for the companies.
0: So interesting. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, actually.
1: And being the car guy, uh, as I am, I but still work with mobility for so many years now, I think it's important. I've said many times in public speeches that we shouldn't make it ugly to use a car. It shouldn't be stigmatized to have a vehicle, public tra- um, personal, individual transport. Let's call it a car still then, because as long as we have a very um, prosperous society, it will be um, valued enough for some people to take the cost.
0: Mm.
1: Because then you think you need it. If you raise the cost enough, it's not needed by anyone. But if we are a prosperous society, there will be. So that's the thing I say with grayscale. It's not going to be black and white, and then it's also and then we have to
0: remember to... as well when you when you talk about my you know having my glasses on. Obviously, I live in a city. <laughs> I yep. use the car occasionally when I go on a trip somewhere, uh, go to visit some friends live further out, or my parents live in Uppsala, whatever. But most of the times, I tend to stick into a small area where I can walk, scooter, take the tube, or whatever. Mm. But across the globe. There are so many areas where there's inadequate public transport systems and uh, populations are growing super rapidly uh, and there's a huge demand for affordable and effective mobility. So that that definitely makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Uh, But it's an important point you make. Because in some of those mega cities, uh, or even doesn't have to be mega, but larger cities, congestion will be a problem. And that's not, in essence, solved just because we have uh, shared mobility. If everybody, or even autonomous, because if everybody continues to drive in the same amount as we've done before, but with a shared car, congestion will be the same. It might be easier to find parking because. In total, there will be less cars uh, on the on the street, but we need to combine this with a different view of how we uh, transport ourselves. When do we
0: really need it? I actually, I have a question related to that topic to, my, to the one time <laughs> once and every month when I need to get out of the city is there a plan for even for car sharing? Because usually it gets a little bit expensive uh, to go use a a car, go by the mile or pay by the mile or something, Mm -hmm. pay by the hour. Um, But a carpool, could you actually get a sustainable solution to go away uh, over a weekend or something?
1: Absolutely. Um, And the, the, First easy answer is the very old and proven business model of traditional car rental. It, it works and have worked for so many years. So sometimes, I think the mobility suppliers try to be one size fits all to solve all the problems. And that's not where we are right now. So with Elbilio. You can absolutely rent it for a good price over the weekend, but if you want it for a full week, um, I, I might make a deal with you. But it's not really my business case because uh, I place the El Bilio car in a residential house where all the um, the people who live in the house expect to find the car in the garage when they need it. So if I rent it to you for a week, they will be displeased so then it's better for me to even tell you let's Michaela go for the rental car they mm-hmm. are, have set up their business for that and we'll give you a better price and we'll keep the rest of the customers uh, more happy than if I give you the video car for a week but it's not again it's not black or white of course we will do it with right mm-hmm. now we had some good solutions where you could pick up the, the car on the street and we had a cooperation with Kungsbergria, so you can go directly to Kungsberg and go skiing for a day included with the ski pass.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds brilliant. I was in in Riksgrenze last last weekend, and that actually that was the first time in a long time where I rented a car to get from the airport to there.:
1: Really nice, but quite far to, to go if you need to go by car from Stockholm.:
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey Frederick, thank you so much for this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, and um, in the last episode, I was actually talking to Björn Eklund, who's the director for research. And we spoke about f- how 5G and, and potentially 6G could affect the infrastructure and what it means for for the society. And we tapped into mm. the fact that, you know, cars or technical products are going to communicate with each other so if you're more interested in learning more into what's happening in in this field and learning more trends i uh, challenge you to listen to that episode but once again frederick thank you so much and uh, look forward to follow you with el bilio so exciting thank
1: you make it